post. It's a good delivery, and Kizzy's there, and it's in! Joe Kizzy! And Jacob Greaves has touched it in! everyone, uh, my name is Gavin, good to be back. Welcome to the Anytime Notebook. Usually we are here almost every week review what we've seen. Might your goal score a card for the weekend and talk about the value plays on the EFL coupon. We're a couple of weeks away from business as usual though. So joining me to take a look through primarily the championship goal, top goal score market, but really just get our close season thoughts and get some opinions out of our mouths as always. Um, the highly esteemed John Bywater at Set Piece Hero on Twitter. Good evening, John. Thank you for that, Gav. Good evening, Gav, and good evening to everybody. We're back. We are back. Um, John, I hope we've potentially got a few new listeners uh, aboard this season. I was trying to think of how I would describe this podcast for new listeners. What would you say? What would, what would you say we were infamous for? Um. Uh, a, re- a repetition of the same names in a niche market. Okay. Repetition of the same names in a niche market. That's a real selling point. Then. <laughs> add to that. What well, we can add to that? Um, Andy Butler height discussions. Um, oh, yeah, forgotten people, about that. Yeah, I've forgotten that about a, that until that I just picked, plucked it from my memory just there. If you like, hey, big price centre halves and following defending goal scorers off a cliff, then this is the podcast for you. Good to have you on board. Um, if you've listened to us before, hey, say hello on Twitter. Um, the plan for the next two couple of days, John. We're gonna we're gonna start off with the championship, bit of League Two tomorrow. And if eventually if someone prices up a League One market, we'll get that done next week as well. But we're gonna run the ball over the runners and riders for the 2023-24 edition of the championship this evening. Um I will start off, John. Have you, have you had a bat have you had a bet in the market in the um in the market yet? No, I don't think there's anything that is particularly out of line at the moment. But like you say, it's still early days. Only is it three firms priced up? Yeah, that's the and that yeah three three firms. I think just one has gone up with an opening show for League One today, and a couple more firms in League Two as well. Um, I've had I've had a couple of bets: one in the Championship, one in League Two, which I'll talk about today. Only because I got a little bit nervous of some, as you tend to do with some preseason performances in midweek. But I think the plan for this podcast is hey. Plenty of refining to do, plenty of transfer activity. I think you led the way last year, John, when you, you astutely picked out Colby Bishop, late transfer to, to Portsmouth. We should set the scene for people. Potentially, we're not going to deliver any standout bets in this session here, but hey, it's just good to get our thoughts out on paper. Yeah. Don't don't turn off now, everybody. There's, uh, <laughs> there's at yeah. least, least 45 minutes of waffle coming up. <laughs> Yeah, regular listeners will know what to expect and are rubbing their hands and getting a uh, cup of coffee and um, sitting down and expecting just that, John. So we start off in the championship then, where last year, Burnley and Sheffield United, largest cumulative total in eight years, 192 points. Nodridge and Watford came close to that in 2021, 188 points. Following year of that Norwich and Watford promotion, only two of the remaining top 10 finished back in the top 10. Tells us what we know already that this is you know, a league that is incredibly difficult to sustain a challenge. Add to that Sunderland, 69 points to get into the playoffs, which we won't talk about for too long because I've forgotten about what happened there. Um, 
the lowest total for 10 years. John, no wonder people like some of the teams that are coming down, plus they like some of the teams that are coming up as well. But I think mm. you just, the usual rules apply, right? You'd be selective with your runners. I think there's a high ceiling for some of those that underperformed last year as well. All in all, put that all together, stir it around. It feels like a classic edition of the second tier. Um, your early thoughts on the championship? I agree with most of that. I think it's, I can see the cases that people have made and the market's already made for the sides that have come up, especially Ipswich, but I'm not sure there's much juice left in Ipswich in particular anymore. Um, as For the, the front three, you've got Leicester have already, already been cut from sixes into fours. Um, can you get excited about the fours? I mean, they've got the... They've got Maresca, which will please uh, Steve Freef, won't it? <laughs> the old West Brom days. Uh, God, you feel old when you remember him playing. The I glory West Brom days, yeah. That was yeah. Where, where West Brom should have been, right? Which was bottom of the second tier. That's, that's those yeah, days. Yeah. Would you say he was ahead of his time as a player? He was quite cultured, wasn't he? And, um, he was... Um, it, there was there was still a there was still a it still felt exotic right in the late nineties if you saw a foreign player with their shirt untucked it that's just right got yeah, like he, wandering around in he there. looked he looked not bothered but I'm sure he was um, absolutely yeah now that they've got he's come from the Pep School at Man City was he one of the assistant managers wasn't he, um, he was, yeah. so he's probably good uh, he's got some other experience as well. They've signed your old, not your old player, but the guy you had last season, Doyle, on loan recently. So yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they've got that that link to Man City if they need it, which they might not. But that can only help. Um, the current four to one is what it is for me. I, I wouldn't get excited about it, but it's kind of hard not to see them being up there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sounds like they're spending a bit of money as well. Um... Yeah, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to cope with competing. It's primarily a rugby town like Leicester, so they'll have to compete with them on a, on a right. Saturday when Welford Road. But um, yeah, yeah they, they, haven't, they, haven't won, they haven't won anything for years, have they? Leicester, oh no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've mentioned we've mentioned Leicester, the title winner and playoff defeat, all in the opening six minutes. It feels a okay. bit strange seeing saying Leicester in the championship now. I'm thinking about it, but. I suppose it has happened. That's happened fairly recently, isn't it? It's just, it's yeah, just yeah, that title win has um, spooked things a bit. The coupon, uh, the down, coupon gen- yeah. the, uh, the fixture generator threw up Coventry's visit to Leicester on the opening day. So I'm, yeah, that's, very excited. N- n- now you've mentioned that, I'll, I'll come on to that. I, I do like to mention this last season. I do like to look at the work that Ben Mayhew does on mm-hmm. Twitter. He is at Experimental Three Six One. He does a little, um, not a little, detailed graph about the toughness of the schedules. Um, Obviously, it's worked out on outright odds. It's not an exact science, but it gives you a good guide. It's worth noting, I think, that all the three favourites, Southampton, Leeds, and in particular Leicester, have the easiest starts on paper. Um, Leicester, in particular, face um, the 11th, 20th, 19th, 23rd, and 16th toughest sides on paper. Uh, first five games so if there is a slight gelling to be done there they could get it done without particularly kicking in there so if you're looking for one of these sides to have a slow start I'm not sure it's going to happen um, 
And again, yeah. looking at looking at these sides coming down, we'll, we'll start off with Leicester because we've started there. I think mm. one of the challenges is just choice, right? You've got lots of attacking talent. They've got more than one player that can that can lead the line. Um, yes, right. Patson Dacker, who I, th- I haven't got odds checker in front of me, but I think he was um, I think he was leading the market. Outscored yeah. Haaland, didn't he, in the um, Austrian Bundesliga a couple of years back? Um, what do you make of that? Yeah, make it's first time Dacca? we've. Um, First time we've ever mentioned the Austrian Bundesliga, I'd imagine. Um, it might not be. Um, I think the hardest thing with this market at the moment, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to tell you who'd be favourite, let alone it's, it's very difficult. Um, like you say, you got at the moment you've got Dakar and Iniatro joint favourites and nine's best. Um, going back to Dakar, when I first saw the name, I thought, that's, that's short, yeah, without sort of delving into detail. Well, like you say, he's got those 51 goals in the Bundesliga in two seasons for Salzburg. Um, that suggests he, he could be very happy at this level. I'm not sure what you can really take from his two seasons at Leicester in the Premier League because he hardly played any full games. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that was last season when they were in, a, in deep trouble. So I, can, I, I, think, I think it's... It's very hard because, like you say, you've got him, Iniatra, and Vardy. I th- I think, just going off previous records as well, that they will be sharing a lot of the workload, mm. which isn't ideal, especially at these prices. Um, Iniatra, I think you like him a bit more than me. He's definitely got the scoring record, uh, one in four record in England, with most of that at the top level, again, without playing full games. What puts me off is he he's never managed 30 or more appearances in any season since 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's including sub-appearances. There are a lot of injuries in there, a lot of minor couple of weeks here and there. Uh, but saying that, what I've just said, I'm not sure I have to play that often. So I, I could see him playing like three quarters of the season and, and getting a decent total still easily but that would be enough yeah yeah, yeah just, that's, that's the thing I, I think with all of these selections hey there's there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge until the season starts so you got to I know there's some just looking yeah. at some interest in that DACA in there he seems like highly sought after I think Mourinho is after him so he must be yeah he must that's be the other thing uh, who, the they could still leave I think um, Iniatro said he will stay um, Vardy I presume there would have been some interest from probably abroad somewhere, but mm. and the same with Dakar. So there's absolutely no need to play any of these yet anyway. Um, there's no, I think I, no rush. I, I just landed on Ian Atcher. Just, just looking over his record over the last few seasons, 14 goals across cup competitions. When they, every time he had to step yeah, down in class, it was like his eyes lit up when he's like, come yeah, up he's a very good finisher. I think he'll... Uh, if he didn't have this, I didn't have this slight doubt about his appearances. I think he should be fav, but um, Dakar's probably got the bigger upside overall. Mm. But he's more likely to leave as well. So it's, it's just too difficult with these prices to get excited about any of those. Southampton, another forward line with choice. You know, I wonder whether mm. this, to me, this the choice seems a little bit easier to kind of narrow down. So you got. Che Adams and Adam Armstrong. Look, you can. I think with both, you can look through the book and you can say, "Hey, last time they were at this level, they scored goals." You know, Armstrong won the won the um, it was top goal scorer. I think when he got twenty eight for Blackburn, wasn't he? But it, I think yeah. the decision for punters feels pretty simple. You know how you how you pricing them both up based on a standing start, and you got Nathan Teller 
who's you know who's not on a standing start. I do like uh, Southampton out of the three that are coming down. I think there's more. There's more kind of like you know you can put your put some stock in you know Russell Martin knowing the division. I think Will Smallbone who played well for Stoke last year he's going to pull the strings in the middle of the park. He knows the division. You got Teller who knows the division a little bit more there. You can you can put some stock yeah. in. What, what do you think about what do you think Southampton runners and riders? Uh, I like Southampton. Not like me to like Russell Martin. Um, <laughs> peak Russell Martin. Let's say it. As uh, anyone who's bought bought that at fifty <laughs> times this season, you, you're still low. Um, they did open up at ten to one, um, which was never going to last. They've been quite well supported, it appears. Um, I will say as well. Uh, Southampton fan that I talk to tells me that the youngsters just beneath the first team are the best they've had since the last lot of really good ones. So I'm pretty confident that Martin will get at least a couple of those to really kick on from nowhere. Uh, They've also signed Ryan Manning from Swansea, who obviously Russell Martin knows inside out, turned him into one of the best left-sided attackers in the championship from a basically a fullback. Uh, They've also got which will pass a lot of people by, but they signed James Bree in January from Luton. Yeah. Didn't really do much in the Premier League, but you can't hold that against him. If you look at his numbers for the first half of last season, the championship, he was the second most creative fullback behind Ryan Manning, mm-hmm. who's not a fullback. But th- those two together, in theory, for a Russell Martin side will be bombing along from like the inverted wing back, inverted left-sided, right-sided players. Um, I think they, as I always say with Russell Martin, I suspect they'll have a few strange results, but that they can definitely get involved, I think. The other thing, another reason why I like them, if you look at the, it's another chap that I've mentioned before, but a gentleman on Twitter called JKDS and then underscore, he produces a lot of general stats on the EFL and other leagues as well. Uh, he did some stats at the end of last season in the championship. If you look at the teams ranked by in-play threat creation, it basically bears a very close correlation to the actual league table mm. for what that's worth. It's almost identical. And the only team that uh, ahead at the top, even ahead of Burnley, by a long way, was Swansea. So, again, uh, conclusion, I still love Russell Martin. <laughs> Um, going back to going back to I think it's difficult to make a strong selection like you say the problem I've got with Armstrong Adam Armstrong now the 20 to 1 is probably fair but like you say he did win it with 28 but he also got 16 the year before when he started kicking in Mm. so the problem is it is that feels longer ago to me than three seasons um He's had four goals in two long seasons at the top level. How much has that affected him? I'm not sure. I know he's not been very popular at all with the fans there. Um, if he gets uh, plenty of rumours, he was leaving as well, but they appear to have died down. He's someone that I would quite happily wait. And if he starts the season even okay and he's playing, you can take 12-14s rather than the 20s now. There's no rush. You know he can do it, but you probably want to see he's still got that player in him. Yeah, um, I think that's a good shout. He, you know, I saw him a bit when he started his career, but, you know, I think Coventry were probably one of the first clubs where he started to make his name when he, was, right. when he was on loan at our place. But, you know, diminutive player, very much confidence player. Yeah, it, 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 that's a big ask, I think, after watching him be 
pretty miserable for the last couple of years, not getting, you know, yeah. a, a striker like not it, scoring. Like, you know, it seems yeah. like it would affect him, obviously. But. It looked like they were trying to use him. I only saw him a few times. It like they were trying to use him as like a defensive forward, which I never mm. thought was his game. But he just kind of ended up in that role. So um, going on to Trey Adams, uh, last time he played at this level was 18-19, long time ago. 22 goals, though, which would definitely get him involved. Should be hitting his prime. Doesn't strike me immediately as a, a Russell Mine type player, but I could be wrong on that. I think the biggest worry here is just had another look last day or two. Still looks like he's going to go to either Fulham, Crystal Palace, or Everton, depending on who you believe. Still stories there, so that's enough reason to leave him alone. Nathan Teller um, looked inevitable to go to Burnley on a permanent after last season's very productive loan. But Southampton asked for 15 million and Burnley said, no, we're going to buy someone abroad for half that <laughs> price who's probably better or the same. Um, I don't know. It's on the plus side, he did miss quite a large chunk towards the end of the season. So he probably would have ended up on 2021 if he'd carried on playing. Um, but I think for him to get to that level again, you'll sort of almost betting on Southampton doing what Burnley did, which is a big ask. Um, you know, I do like them, but I can't see them running away with it. Um, well, unlikely, but so at 20s, it's right again, it's the same thing. I don't, I don't see how you can now because you just don't know enough about how they're going to set up. Absolutely. Um, in terms of people bringing, Nathan Teller is one of those players that brings previous championship form into this season's edition. If you look at through the likely lads of last year, Jokerez has gone, Carlton Morris has gone. Let's look at Akpom and Piero then. So Akpom finally boosted that Greek Super League form. His um, 20 XG got for his, his 28 goals. John, think he can follow up after last year? Uh, he can, but not at 10 to 1 for me. Um it's worth pointing out he was on two goals after week 13, um, which is quite frankly unbelievable, but it's true. Um, Chris Wilder didn't fancy him at all. That's that's why he was impossible to, you know, until he got on that streak. Yeah. <laughs> You're just taking the view, is that an outlier or is he now a much better player? If you had to say one way or the other, I'd say it's an outlier, but he could still... I could see him getting like 15 or something, but... It may be even better, but I think a very it's very unlikely he will he will do the same as last season. I'll mm. say that much. So at ten to one, I can quite easily ignore him. And any um any inside knowledge from the summer of um, you know posts that's come through your letterbox relating to the Joel Piero fan club? Have you um any right. any news? Is he is he off? Is he a, is he a runner uh, this year? Yeah, I've to, I've told him to just hang on so I can get the agent fee. That'd be handy. <laughs> um, but he's not. He's actually blocked my number after that. Um, I just think, like you've hinted out there, the main problem is uh, it seems to have gone a bit quiet, but I can't see really why he'd stay at Swansea. A, a he could at very least get probably get a move to looks from looking at the links to Leeds or Leicester. Mm. Uh, Rangers have been very keen. Everton, who seem to be in for most of these players, and. I wouldn't say, I'm sure they'd be interested abroad as well. He's still young, as I mentioned last season, 23, 24. The, the problem with the price is it, you're factored it, 
A, it's factored in that he's staying, and B, it's factored in that Swansea are going to do at least okay again or quite well. I, I don't think either of those two are necessarily true. So even though I really like him, A, he's not... You, you couldn't get involved at all. No chance for that price. We've, we've ruined it for everyone, haven't we, selling Jokeres to Sporting Lisbon for £20-odd million. Pound. Now everyone wants... Bristol City yeah, aren't going to let Alex Scott go for anything less than £20 million. Everyone's... Everywhere, all those championship sides have just... Uh, they've got a bit of um, bit of resistance. They're not, they're not going to take yeah, instalments from... Seven million pound over seven years from Everton for a change. They're going to um, they're going to stick out for these uh, yeah. for these big prices. Dice is fuming if he's uh... <laughs> he is the one club we haven't spoke about that have come down is Leeds. I've got in my notes here, which I did at the start of the week, that the takeover is not done. But I think the takeover is done now, isn't it? I think the Forty ers consortium, whoever it is, Farker's come in late though, hasn't he? And it feels like obviously most of the business is yet to do. If I was pricing up what's more likely in November, whether it was Farker bemoaning a bit of lack of time in pre-season and then it was always going to take time to rebuild or, you know, hitting the ground running and everyone's climatized really quickly, I'd be very short on the former instead of the latter. John, any views on I, mean, I don't I don't bring much opinion to this to this Leeds forward forward line. Anything anything for you? Mm. No, there's there's definitely no one that I would be confident enough to get with it from the forward line. Um, they're all sort of players I don't really know well enough, to be honest with you, apart from Gelhart, who not really still got it to prove. Um, again, with as I mentioned, with Leicester, they've got that relatively easy start on paper. But, you know, you talk in the championship, no one's ever that big a price to beat anyone. So mm. even though I do like looking at that, it's not like a massive thing. Um, I don't know, the eight to one best at the moment. I don't really see how you could be confident because, like you say, they haven't done their business yet, have they? So even if they do brilliant business, I don't think they'll shorten up a lot for me. They might go into sixes, but, yeah, I'm, I'd be slightly against them, but no strong view. I, I put Gelhart down on my list as well. I think that was a tough ass last year when it were to lead that Sunderland line once, you know, Stuart was injured and Sims had already gone back to Everton. I do yeah. want to talk a bit about Ellis Sims because, you know, I saw... Plenty of country fans not too enamoured with the signing, but when I saw it, look, I don't know what I don't know if you're if you're building a profile, a progressive young striker about to kick on in the next few seasons. I don't know what more you're you're looking out for with Ellis Sims. I know he's been cut this week, um, rightly so, because I think the twenty fives was a was a standout price. That's not the bet I've had, unfortunately. So I'll have to see and wait to see where that price. <laughs> Appears again. In theory, I think he's 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 another one that's stepping down. After you know, lots of criticism about his his time on the run in Everton, but he did score one there, which was the same amount as Dakar contributed for Leicester. It was the same amount as Adams contributed in trying to save Southampton as well. The difference is, I think he's got a few more years at the level than any of those. Seven in seventeen for Sunderland, ten in twenty-three for Blackpool the season before that in League One as well. This just feels like to me, gets to settle down, apply himself for an entire season. So he's never he's never played anywhere for a full season. I know Jokerez has has gone, but O'Hare to return. This new Japanese lad Sakamoto looks like he's going to be tricky down the wing. You think about the supply chain that's coming his way. He already scored two in the friendly at Forest Green in midweek. I thought I thought the 16s betfair was well, uh, betway was fair. The 25s that he was at Sky was a standout price. I thought he was 
I don't know what you think, John. I thought he was primed for just everything you'd, you'd want in a in a springer at the level if you were trying to pick out someone that sort of could really kick on over the next few years. I think people are influenced by whenever he played for Everton, he didn't look anywhere near good enough, but it doesn't really matter for this theory. And that was, talk about tough tasks, that was impossible. So, and he was never supported there. He, he never got a consistent run. So it doesn't really tell you anything. Like you say, that that proven at the level. Um, yeah, I think I can see the argument at 25s on, I'd probably be about 16, like you say. Um, but also you've got, don't forget, you've got Joel Labatadre playing those progressive balls from the back. That was a good signing this absolutely, week. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that not bad business done at, um, done at the CBS uh, over the summer and still plenty more to do, I think, according to Robin. Yeah. Look, very, um, very sensible signing so far, I'd say. Very sensible, investing the money correctly. Um, West, we look, I said at the start about teams that underperformed and potentially have a high ceiling this year as opposed to last year. West Brom probably aren't one of those sides. I think they say goodbye to parachute payments, don't they? And they're, they think, well, they're certainly short for relegation, they are as championships, uh, as, for, as champions. Still interesting due to the underlying numbers last year. They, they scored 59 goals, but I'm sure hey, everyone who looks at the data has picked this out already, but 80 XG. Um, Brandon Thomas Asante was probably the biggest culprit for that, but I thought he had a you know, good first season stepping up, didn't he? Left plenty on the table, seven returned. I think Daryl DK still out with an Achilles injury. Um, West Brom related, I thought Carl and Grant here, who's, who's left who's left West Brom, turned up at this Cardiff project to have, who have got kind of Aaron Ramsey in the in the um in the changing rooms as well. Corbrand kind of tended to stick him out on the left and he's he's only scored three last year after scoring what, nineteen and eighteen goal seasons before that. Still only twenty five, plenty of life left in him, I thought. He gets to partner up with Callum Robinson, who, you know, partnered him in those in those heady West Brom days. Went off fourteen to one last season. Of my ones that I circled, I thought forty to one was a big price if you're willing to forgive what was a what was a, a tough season for for West Brom last year. Um, the only um, just just because I, I read your notes just before we recorded, yeah. and I did Google um, Carl and Grant, and he had an interview with the Wales Online, and he mm. does say here. Um, the reporter asks him where he thinks he will play, and he says, "I don't think I'm restricted, but I think he wants me to play off the left." Oh, good shout! Good, good pick. I can make yeah. I can make the run between the fullback and centre half, and look, I would I'd play on the left pocket with Robbo Robinson uh, or Rambo. So you've got to have a nickname. <laughs> well, we could have Barbie in there as well. I don't know. That's uh, Topical. That's topical. Topical, yeah. Not like it's, us. It's like a fi- film review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're so topical. Not just Andy Butler's height here. It's all about Barbie. <laughs> uh, but no, I can see that. I mean, you, I mean, we quite liked him last year. I think I did. Um, I just didn't go go wrong at all but you take out last season he's, he's pretty consistent if I seem to remember we were we were talking about West Brom and who you'd back in a match bet I don't know who DK probably did he end up with more than three I can't remember I no can't remember they, they, both, they both lost they were both they rubbish both <laughs> <laughs> no, of course they did yeah, yeah. Um, yeah where else should we go Millwall we said at the start again another thing that said at the start it's difficult to compete year on year but probably the exception to that is Gary Rowett 
at Millwall, 8th, 11th, 9th, and 8th place finishes in the last four seasons. Hmm. An interesting signing, John. Kevin Nisbet, you want to talk a bit about him? Oh, yeah. We, we always get these signings from the SPL so spot on. Um, <laughs> so, certainly, uh, I'm not a player I know a lot about other than the name, so I did a bit of a deep dive. So he certainly earned his move via East Sterling, uh, Partick Thistle, Air, Dunfermline, Rafe, and then Hibbs. So certainly been around. He actually got released by Partick Thistle in 2018. Um, that got a really bad ACL injury that's limited in the last two seasons, but he's always scored goals um, 12 in 20 last season, uh, including goals against Rangers and Celtic, which I like to see. Um I think he. I think he's an interesting one. Can he? He's been nibbled out already. Forties into thirty threes. Mm-hmm. Can he get enough goals alongside with Bradshaw sort of being the established man? But they've paid a, a decent amount for him, so he should at least get a chance to start. Um, I just. I think we said this last time. I, I'll never get these Scottish imports right. You know, it's it's difficult to evaluate how good he is, but. Mm. I think there's a, there's at least potential that is a fair price. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, Bradshaw, sixteen from sixteen xG last year. You know he didn't see fifteen hundred minutes of football in the previous two seasons. The first time he sees over no. three thousand minutes, bang, he goes and gets rewarded. So well done, well done, Tom Bradshaw. Um, another team potentially with a high ceiling, although I've seen Norwich fans already talking about uh, an expectation of mediocrity. I don't know why, I don't know why Norwich fans moaning rattles me so much, but there we are. There's nothing there's nothing that will trigger me on Twitter more than just seeing Norwich fans moan about, you know, being mediocre. And I think all I ever remember is them being kind of mediocre, but it's amazing what a few seasons up and down in the Premier League can um they're can still um, they're still thinking about that. Jeremy Goss goal against Bayern Munich the, about hundred years ago. First thing that that's I thought about, great volley, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, we're all we're all we're all proud of them then, but they can pipe down a bit now. Uh, life after right. Timu Puki um, should be welcome for Josh Sargent. You reckon he's a you know started well last year, but was mm. you know we started it was good before the World Cup last year, wasn't he? And then I think David Wagner coming in should have been another catalyst for him, but it wasn't. He didn't really kick on. You feel like Josh Sargent could get a decent return this year. I like him, yeah. He, he, he seems to be around forever, but he's only 23, so the best could still be to come. Mm-hmm. And the signing of Ashley Barnes, that's like an ideal battering round partner for him. Um, a bit of know-how and... Just someone to just to take away some of the defensive uh, attention on him, and with Pookie gone, he should be getting more of a role straight up the top. I'd imagine rather than doing a lot of his donkey work outright. Um, like you say, he fell off completely after the World Cup, but so did Norwich. Um, I think a lot of people have forgot. I saw Norwich; they were pretty awful the last few months, but they did have a lot of injuries. They had um, both their uh, Hanley and Gibson were both out for most of that period. Uh, Kenny McLean was out as well in the midfield. They had a couple like that, at least three, two or three midfielders missing, and three, three of the four regular defence. So I don't think they're as bad as that makes them look. I'm not saying they're, they're going to be great, but they've managed to keep hold of uh, Sarah, um, mm-hmm. who's the creative force, and he's a cracking player. Then get him going again. Um, 
slightly surprised they managed to hold on to him. I think they probably need another creative spark in there to supply Sergeant, but at those priced around 33s, I think he that's okay actually for Sergeant. He he would be he's probably the closest that I come to looking at. Um this will make you laugh, Gav. I, I did a um the the, the high flying um syndicates they run proper simulations but i actually run a simulation on football manager which is um you know that that's almost the same yeah. so, you don't know you think you're thinking where's he going here <laughs> so am i i'm thinking why am i even talking about this but i did do it so i'll mention it um basically it was on uh football manager 23 which is a bit out of date now but i did get a updated database of someone so uh, it's not exact because what kept happening is um, it kept like loaning unrealistic players into the championship, like Evan <laughs> Ferguson from Brighton. He, he, I'll, I'll let you know that he would be a great bet for the uh, championship top goal top goal scorer, but I don't think he's going to get loaned to the championship. That 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 amount of waffle is to say that just in I did ten seasons of simulations. I didn't sit there watching this, by the way. Um, Josh Sargent was in the places. He he won it twice and was in the places six times. So give that make of that what you will. But it, it was a, it was a name that stuck out when I did run that through the. Uh, let's say it was a supercomputer. It wasn't. <laughs> I do what I do love is that um, we reference throughout this. You know the 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 outsourcing of you know data production that we've done. You mentioned some great Twitter highlights of um, users that provide some great data. So where we go outsourcing all of the data, you know, hey, we'll, we'll recognize where we get it from and we'll mention it. But the stuff we actually, you know, bring to the table ourselves is some yeah. some football manager simulations and, 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 the, and the Enzo Moresco as part of the pet tree, yeah. so he must and, be good. And, and, that, and, me, and me still making my notes on Notepad <laughs> like it's 2000, 2001. Yeah. Oh, We're high tech here. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. I, I need to just check whether – I keep checking every five seconds just to make sure I press record. That's how high tech we are. I hope so because we've we've already rambled enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> Norwich get a uh, – what's that derby? The tractor derby? They get an Anglian derby anyway against Ipswich who have come up. You mentioned already about – I think my thought – process as well is the value seems to have gone everywhere from Ipswich because they are being talked up in, in in plenty of circles Chaplin and Adapo mm-hmm. unsurprisingly come back into division looking better players than they were when they left it for what Chaplin was at Barnsley when and Adapo was at Rotherham um, George Hurst sort of run out with Blackburn and Rotherham already at the level with no success where, where do you put like where do you put Ipswich runners and riders in your in your um, in your rankings John uh, again, difficult because you've got four. You've got Nathan Broadhead as yeah. well. Um, I actually think he is the most interesting. Not saying 25s is an exciting price, but he's still completely unexposed at this level, Which he's only, and he's only played 70 senior games in total. Uh, if you look at, I mean, five in 22 for Wigan last season is not that bad, really, considering how bad Wigan were. Um and he's been fairly prolific at Sunderland and decent end with it with Ipswich. Um I think I think he's the one who could kick on, but you've got I can definitely see with Ipswich anyway, those four sharing out the games quite a lot, or at least a minute. Um like you say, I, I like George Hurst as well, but there's a slight issue in that he's got uh, zero goals in forty one appearances at this level. 
Um, okay, a lot of those are subs. That's a bit harsh, but, uh, you know, you, you can't... Uh, would you presume that it will be... It'll be Chaplin and probably Broadhead to start. I'm just guessing there. You'd think um, so, yeah. But yeah, but you wouldn't be certain that that would be the case in a month yeah. or two. And uh, as for, I know, I know that McKenna is a really good young coach, and you know, there's the, I don't know. It just seems like the price now. It, it's like priced in that they're. And I know the reason for that is because on on the ratings that people use, they were mm. they were like a playoff championship side last season in League One. That's that's why the price is there, but that it's all factored in. You know, you, you, there's still a lot of players there that haven't played at this level. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not really at the price now. I'm, I don't. Th- I think they're too short. To be honest. Yeah. If you want, if you want nice and early, all credit to you. But I imagine, hey, one of the sides that's only going to get a little bit shorter in in almost all representation they've got in most markets once um once preview season yeah. is really underway and pullouts and podcasts some of some of it is is the same at all level it's like emperor's new clothes and yeah. it's, it's a different team to look at and people get people look at what they did last year and they get excited because that top of league one was really good which it was um but you know i mean it's going to be a lot harder, but Plymouth are the biggest price for everyone, aren't they? Um, for <laughs> one of them. So Sorry. I know that that's too simplistic, but I just think that is that any value that probably was there has, has long gone with Ipswich. Uh, QM getting 90 points. <laughs> we'll play uh, that back in a year. I said I'd, I said I'd had a bet. I'd had a bet already in this, um, in this market before I talk about the bet that I have had, John, anything else on your list of selected others that, that as you work through the, the list that you thought were interesting at the prices? Um, who haven't we mentioned? We, I'll give a mention for Ross Stewart because uh, he's actually been nibbled out. He was 25s into 20s. Now, beware the injured striker, as they don't say. But I've just said it. Um, interesting. According to a recent report I've read from Mowbray, he's, he's back on the training pitch, which is ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not done any heavy work, and he, he will not be ready for the start of the season. That is a definite. But if they can get him back say three or four games in and nobody's really run away with it well, not run away that no one's got a firm start on him I, I, I could make the case he's almost a proven commodity at this mm. level now and I, I quite like Sunderland again they, they can only I can see him having at least a similar season if he can get back after that period then 20s plus is interesting but obviously you, you've got to wait because he could have a setback or you know if he ends up missing the first two or three months he, he's not going to win it so it, that that is factored in because if he was fit already he'd probably be what 14s I don't mm. know 12, 14 16s maybe um, we've mentioned Kevin Nisbet and Josh Sargent the other one which is I know you'll sigh at this I don't even know why I like him but how about a bit of Liam Delap who uh, he get he gets his third chance to prove he is good enough for this level um, within a season. No evidence that he is yet. Two disappointing spells at Stoke and then Preston last season. Uh, Rossinia was very very happy he got him at Hull, um, talking him up like he was a sort of Ronaldo, but slightly probably slightly over the top. 
I've just, I don't know what it is about him. He, he gives me that feeling he could kick on or he needs to kick on now. I get um, yeah, I get that. I saw him. I saw him. I think it, it might have been his debut for Stoke. That yeah, season, he looked good to start. With, yeah, he like seemed busy and he looked like proper, proper aggressive. You know, he was. I think yeah, proper in full about on. His first ten minutes. Yeah, gets his I head think, down. I think he, he's he's going to at least get a, a a few games to get started here. He's fifties, by the way, which you can't make a case for what he's done. But again, he's one of those that if you had a good start and there's there's obviously something there because I think there was a lot of competition again mm. for him despite those two rather nondescript spells. So I don't know. It, it, he's one of those, if he, if he started well, then you might have to take half the price, but maybe he will release that untapped potential. Mm, and the Hull are expected to, um, to improve as well, aren't they? Another team could do, that yeah. I think could go well this year, who, who I think are underrated in the market at Bristol City. I think we spoke about them plenty second half of last season because I saw them at our place and they were, we drew 1-1, yeah. but they were they were phenomenal, knocked it around. And a, a Pearson is, it's only in the last few seasons, but he's done, the, he's done the clearing out, right? And now there's something, he's building something. Like I said, I'm oh, really impressed with, with with them at stages last year. I think, it's, I think it's amazing how, I think it's amazing how people can, you know, obviously everyone's built in the, the fear of the lot. They're, they're thinking they lose Alex Scott and then that's, you know, that's going to be a big loss. But I'd much rather put faith in the club that like developed a player like that, that blooded him in the first team. They're cashing in and they can, and they build again. Well, that's what, that's what good football clubs do. And even without, you know, we were bemoaning the, the, the loss of Rob Atkinson last year, but even after he went out eighth in the form table after Christmas, I think your man Zach Viner is still talking about a contract. I'll have to check out and check the, the news for a couple of days. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, pre-season. Hopefully, hopefully he leaves so he stops missing from three <laughs> yards right. out. One Sorry, best player to follow. Um, um, we were impressed with Mametti's signing, weren't we? And you know, a full pre-season for him. But I, th- I think the next the next one in line behind Scott, I think. It could be Tommy Conway, who's I thought that was a you know really good return for his first full season. Nine in thirty-four. I thought yeah, the fifties was a runner here. I panicked midweek because he scored a hat trick in I forget who they were against, but I thought I thought fifties was a you know for a side that I thought could beat expectations, make their way into the top half, continue to do good things. Tommy Conway at fifties was was the bet that I've had, and unsurprisingly. When I've entered the market, there's plenty of fifties still available, and I've no doubt there'll be some sixty sixes soon enough. Anything else on your list, John? Well, just on um, yeah, there's a, a couple other sides, but just just having a look up there while you were talking, I was seeing if there was anything, um, and for some reason, an article popped up that uh, Akpom is actually injured at the moment because. Um, Carrick's been asked why he hasn't played in the preseason, and he has a problem with his knee apparently. Um, so either that's a smokescreen because it also says um, there's been a lot of speculation again about him leaving. So mm. just going back to Akpom, there seems some doubts there for him. To- they haven't. Uh, Carrick hasn't gone out and they haven't signed a, a striker. Have they? Have they signed anyone? Big? Uh, I'll just have a look here. Can't Doesn't look like it's it. A no. Horrible question to ask. Mid. Mid sentence, um, yeah. I can, they've yeah, signed. Um, they've signed someone called Gilbert from Alex Gilbert from Brentford, but uh, he's twenty-one and 
he turned down the new offer from Brentford, apparently. So I don't know anything about him, but there you go. So John, we said that we said that hey, this would be a there'll be no definitive selections at the end of it. This was always about a process of hey, looking ahead to the next couple of weeks, checking out some. Yeah, and I, and I think you know this this year we're more than likely going to do plenty of kind of anti-post stuff. So even as we go through the season, you mentioned already about seeing who starts, getting a better idea in those first six to ten games. Any anything that you know on reflection, and we we said we'd have an early look. What a couple of weeks out from the start of the season. Anything that you've served, that you've doubly underlined on your as for potential potentially having a bet over the over the next few weeks? I don't think so. Not in the championship. Um, the only other side we touched on them briefly would be Sunderland. Mm. Um, I just like the way they they've gone for this different market, haven't they? They've gone for the the very young player at top clubs abroad. Yeah, uh, a lot of foreign loans, and they've got that. Really good mix of creative flair. I don't know how many they're going to hang on to everyone. I know that, but a lot of that will probably rest on whether they can get Stuart back firing. So they're, they're kind of correlated, I would suggest. Um, what about a little bit more chat about Cov in general? How, how do you feel about the? I think I think the signings are sensible, as we said earlier. Yeah, that, keeping Hayme is the big the big question, right? It's almost towards the end of last season. I think he proved that he was arguably more important. You know, you can you can chop and change these strikers. I know it's difficult to 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 find one that can notch your twenty goals each season. But the, the, I'm looking I'm looking forward to. Jokeres was great, right? But I tell you what, I do, I couldn't. I don't know where I could sit through another season just watching us. You know, give the ball away and then just pump it down the channels and expect Jokeres to do all the work on his own. I think Hamer really came into his own at the end. Mm-hmm. I like the fact people have forgotten a bit about O'Hare. He's still to come back. Palmer's going to be there. I didn't go to the um, preseason friendly at Forest Green in midweek, but apparently the Sakamoto played quite well as well. He got, but I think it's um, hey, all sensible signings. Signed Bobby Thomas today, I think, who should increase our chances of being a set piece threat as well. Yeah, just um, yeah, it was, was 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 the second I walked out of Wembley, I was worried, but hey. You trust the, what do we say? We just said the same about Bristol City, right? You trust good clubs to make the right decisions, do the right things. I think, hey, we can put us in that bracket as well and not particularly fearful. I think we should be looking up instead of down. Um, What about Tyler Walker's gone though? That's that's a... (laughs) I thought I thought you'd be upset. About one more that. chance. I was I was I was I was one of those that was you know just giving one more chance. I think well I was definitely one of those about three years ago. But yeah, we've moved on. We've moved on. Some of those players. If they if any of our those, I can't figure out who's left. And um, most of them probably ended up at Shrewsbury, which is where most of our players end up at. But um, yes. yeah, you've, you've, if you hey you get a, anyone that, any any. People out there listening who are fans of clubs that take our old players, you are getting some good players. But great news is for me, hey, we've just outgrown people like Tyler Walker. We're we're a better football club now, and um, hey, I'm all I'm all here for it. We shall see how long my optimism turns to despair uh, at the start of the season. John, with 46 minutes, first podcast of the season. It's a good old job. There's some good chat there. We ran through things in a logical, sensible order. We certainly did. Excellent. Sign of things to come, do you think? 
Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, John, thank you for your time. Uh, let, let's uh, let's do the same tomorrow. Uh, look out for a podcast coming your way over the weekend. And we'll think we'll look at League Two tomorrow. We're also we've got. Oh, some. it's the most exciting league. Everyone's saying, and it is. Let's be fair. It isn't. Should we try and see how long we can get by without talking about Disney Plus? And uh, yeah, we'll give that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think we might hit the hour mark with that episode. I'm, I'm afraid to say to um to wet people's appetite. I've seen I've been to five preseason games. I know people debate the, the merits of preseason, but I, I do I do love this time of year. I, lo- I think I love it more because you at these non-league grounds, you can have a pint in your hand and wander around the pitch whilst you whilst you watching football. But I you can go, the- go and stalk priestly far far cows and- <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I can do. Yeah, I, I, I'm desperate to ask him for a selfie at, um, when I saw Walsall at Leamington, but I, I didn't. But I shall tell you, League Two is very relevant though because I saw the I think the the the, the top player that I that not took my breath away, but I was really impressed with in pre-season I should tell you all about that because he's towards the top of the the League 2 markets but um, hey hopefully that's whetted people's appetite John we'll do it all again tomorrow and we'll speak soon cheers mate thanks Gav.